0: Casper, a town square media station. Nine, eight, seven. <laughs> Three, two, one. Stand by for Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Yee! Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Muncy. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hookin' and hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5.
1: Back in the seat for another great week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, you can go to the My Country mobile app and uh, you can listen anytime, anywhere, on demand. Or you can take us right into the commode with you. If uh, if you've got the My Country mobile app, you can listen worldwide there. And you can send us an email or a question as we will have a question answered uh, from Dustin who hit us up on the app with uh, Game & Fish here in just a little while. We've got a big, big show for you. Uh, Janet and uh, Brian from Game & Fish will be here. We've also got the opportunity to talk uh, bird hunting. If you are a bird hunter and you haven't been practicing, we'll tell you what you need to start doing with Jim Crowley from Jim Crowley Outdoors. We've got Lance Carpenter, who is a buddy of Toby Keith. He is a singer-songwriter, and he has written a number one song, or a whole bunch of songs, actually. So we'll get to Lance a little later on in the program. And Pullin Feathers podcast is a Wyoming-based podcast. They do great things for veterans We'll tell you all about that. Plus, play some of your favorite country music. I'm telling you, it is going to be a great week here on the show. And we uh, got a major sponsor that's going to join us starting next week. As uh, our friends over at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports are a big part of this show, and they're a big part of the outdoor world here in Wyoming. So, thank you guys so much for coming on board. And without further ado, let's get this show underway. What do you think?
0: Wyoming hooking and Huntin' Outdoors on My Country 95.5.
1: You can always download the My Country mobile app to listen to the show worldwide wherever you go. Or if you miss the show, you can listen uh, on demand at the my country mobile app and while you're there you can even send us a question if you have a question for game and fish or if you have a show topic or idea you can let us know there game and fish such a integral part of hunting and fishing and loving every day here in Wyoming so they're part of this show as a matter of fact Brian Olson the Casper Region Wildlife Supervisor and the Public Information Supervisor uh, Janet Milik I appreciate you both being here and Brian i th- think we're in uh, in the beginning stages of elk rut right i've seen some feisty elk on picture and video
2: yeah i think so i think it's kind of like the beginning of the rut season of course the males all always think that the rut is sooner than what it really is but um i think you're getting the early stages of the rut for for elk but that'll come more heavy-handed you know towards uh, the middle part of september hopefully these cooler nights shorter days kind of gets those critters a little bit more active um because that We're still pretty hot during the day, so that really slowed things down during the day. But uh, mornings and just before... You know, things get dark, I mean, I think it's it's uh, you can kind of feel it in the air that things are going to change here pretty soon.
1: Now, I want to talk a bit about the Casper region because it's such an odd-shaped region, and it's really big.
2: Most certainly, you know, while we have eight different regions, and the Casper region basically stretches from Casper over to Nebraska, then up to the Black Hills. But it's not just the Casper office taking care of that. We have biologists and game wardens that live in Glenrock, um, Douglas. We have a warden that lives in Lusk. We have a biologist and a game warden lives in Newcastle, and then we have a, a game warden lives up in Sundance. So we have people spread out during through those areas to take care of the different the different you know job duties and things like that to make sure that um, you know we have good population counts and and things like that, and folks in the field during the fall to help out.
3: Right. We want to keep in mind a lot of our wildlife management goals to make sure that we're keeping the habitat healthy for the wildlife, that the the disease issues are taken care of. And so that's what comes into a lot of when we decide how long a season is or when a season is. And so it's not necessarily exactly the timing of the rut. There's more that goes into it than just that.
1: Because it changes. And, Jenna, we've talked uh, before that every a year, the numbers are different, so the the licenses do change
3: exactly. And and you might remember Justin Benfit, our wildlife management coordinator, did touch on that a little bit. That managing wildlife and setting hunting seasons is a year round process, and we do start looking at you know fawn production, how that that lasts, and then you know for example, this year, like Brian alluded to, um, we had all of our seasons set, we had our number of licenses that we would be issued set. It had it was in regulation, and we were ready to roll, and then we had the the winter storm that hit, and we made drastic changes to the licenses that we would be issuing, and that went out for public comment, and the public was involved in that process. And so, you know, that's one of the things that um, we continually do is make sure that we are trying to do the best that we can for wildlife and for people.
1: What are some things that people need to start thinking about to get ready for the season?
3: You know, one of the things that I always... Um, notice is how fast the shooting ranges start to fill up this time of year. So, you know, getting out, making sure that your um, rifle is sighted in accurately is is one of the best things that you can do for, you know, the ethics, making a good shot. Um, And and so those are some of the things that we definitely encourage people to not forget about, as well as as, uh, regulations. If you were um, lucky enough to get a license issued to you, you also had um, the regulations sent to you in the mail. And so checking that over is pretty important to make sure something didn't change. Sometimes we do things like change the boundaries of a hunt area. So you may have more land that you can hunt or you may have less land that you can hunt. Making sure that, that those things are online, that the dates are accurate to to maybe what um, last year's were might be a little different.
2: Yeah, and like I say, if you're maybe get in a new hunt area, it might be a good idea to come talk to us. We can help, them out, help you out of finding a good place to hunt. I mean, we have new people moving in the state, maybe are not familiar enough with a new area they're going to hunt this year. Come to the Game and Fish office. Talk to your local game warden or biologist and um, so we can help you become successful at your hunt.
1: Something else that game and fish is a very big part of, and that's youth education when it comes to hunting and and fishing. And it's very important to get the education beginning at a young age.
3: Absolutely. We offer a lot of the hunter education courses that that youth can take throughout the year to learn. And we also have a really neat program that I think um, a lot of families really enjoy is having um, our mentor program which if you may not have um, successfully completed your hunter education course yet, you can still go hunt by filling out um, some, some paperwork and, and becoming a mentor to a mentee where you can take them out and really show them, um, you know, how to go hunting. Here's what you need. Here's a successful hunt. Here's some of the ethics that you should follow. So I think that that's, that's really something that people don't recognize is, is the importance of kind of that recruitment of youth and being good role models.
1: One of the best parts about having Game and Fish on the show is they're very open to answering your questions. You can do that at the My Country mobile app. Dustin has a question that says, With the complication and extremeness of a lot of the regulations, it's turned off a lot of avid outdoorsmen to want to participate in it. Wyoming has some of the most restrictive hunting and fishing laws in the country, which has made it hard to enjoy.
2: Well, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, comfort with regulations. I mean, there's if you get a regulation book, there's a lot in there, not only for fishing but hunting too. And it can be overwhelming for some um, if you compare it to what it was 50 years ago. You know, but, um, you know, people move in the state. They, you know, they maybe they come from Montana or the Midwest. Certainly their regulations are different because they were used to those regulations, so ours are different. We want people to be comfortable when they're afield. We don't want to feel like they're going to, They have to be real careful if they think they're going to break the law. But, like, say, come and talk to your local game warden or biologist before you go out there hunting. Call us on the phone. We get many phone calls asking about different regulations so we can, you know, help them out. I mean, that's what we're here for. But I can understand how people can kind of get overwhelmed sometimes just at the size of the regulation and the understanding of it if you're new. But um, if you're talking about a lower number of people participating in the outdoors in Wyoming, That is not Not the case. case. Absolutely not the case.
1: Yep, there are probably more now than there ever have been.
2: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. The demand for licenses in Wyoming, not only in state but out of state, is is grown. Um, substantially over the last just the last few years. It's just crazy how many people want to come to Wyoming and hunt in Wyoming.
1: Dustin, I sure hope that that answered your question and you feel more comfortable now with uh, the situation. Contact Game and Fish. Uh, do whatever you need to do to, to get out there so that you can get it all right. And if you have a question or a comment you would like to give us, for Game and Fish, you can go do it at the My Country mobile app. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week where we have a, a new sponsor on the show. Uh, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports going to be part of the show next week. So, Congratulations. Uh, very excited awesome. about
3: great.
0: that. Awesome. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5.
1: Welcome back to the program. If you miss any segments or you miss a week, you can always go to the My Country mobile app and download the shows on demand. Very cool feature. And while you're there, you can ask any questions. Uh, maybe you have a question for my personal outdoor expert, Jim Crowley. If you have any kind of questions, hunting, fishing, uh, you can let us know there at the my country mobile app now I got Jim on the line uh, because bird hunting starts in just a few days and over the next few months people will be gearing up for uh, waterfowl so Jim we need to talk about how to get prepared for your shooting during bird season
4: you know you not only owe it to the animal but to yourself for the best experience you can is a practice well ahead of time and, and I've shot you know, I've shot sporting plays for years but Sporting clays and bird hunting, whether it be duck, pheasant, or goose hunting, have a lot in common because you have a lot of crossing shots, you have a lot of incoming shots, and there is a proper way to take those targets. And, and a lot of people just wait to the, uh, you know, the, that minute when they go hunting or that time that they go hunting, and then they're wondering why they're missing the bird or they're just crippling the bird. And we've always tried to make it a philosophy: is one shot, one kill, the best we possibly can do for that animal and on top of it it just that practice shooting sporting place is a lot of fun but knowing the correct way to practice and making those shots it's going to make you so much better of a bird hunter because by then it's going to be second nature
1: you know if you're playing any sport the more you practice the better you're going to be at that sport and that's exactly right. what you're talking about here and what are some of the uh, best shots to practice because it's all muscle memory you've got to you got to make sure that you're prepared
4: And the hardest thing for people to realize when it comes to that, Drew, is that our brain actually wants that shot being made. That's why in a shotgun, since it's a moving target, both eyes need to be open when you're shooting. Okay, if if you're cross-eyed dominant and there's an exercise we can talk about another time to find out, then you need to correct that with there are glasses and and different ways to practice that. Most women are cross-eyed dominant. Most guys are their dominant shooting eye. So if they're right-handed, it's going to be their right eye. And like me, it's left-handed. Your left eye. So both eyes have to be open, okay? And if it's an incoming target, in most cases, you're shooting directly at the target. Now, if the target is coming in and landing, like if a duck is cut co- or a goose is coming in and landing, you need to get just below that target and shoot. Because remember, it's a moving target. The best way to think about this is if you're a quarterback and you're going to throw at your receiver, you're not going to throw where your receiver is. You're going to throw where your receiver is going to be. And you're doing the same thing with the shotgun on a crossing shot. I'm not going to shoot at my target. I'll shoot behind it. So my brain will actually help me take out the lead, get in front of that lead, pull the trigger, and keep the gun moving on that same plane. What's going to happen then is the animal's actually, or the bird's actually going to run into your target. Your clay target the same way. What I usually tell people is inside 35 yards. I'm going to, if that's a crossing target, going from my left to right. I'm going to get on the leading edge of that target and keep my gun moving. So I'm going to match my gun speed to that target. Pull the trigger and keep the gun moving. In most cases, the target's going to break. If the last thing you see is the barrel of your gun, then you weren't looking at the target. You look back at the barrel of the gun, and nine times out of ten, you'll shoot behind it. So, on a, for example, like on a left-to-right crossing target, now I'm going to get on the outside left edge of that target. I'm going to keep the gun moving and pull the trigger. Same thing with a duck. Put it on the bill or just ahead of the bill. On the geese, I always say put it on the white spot of the cheek. If you look at the entire bird or you look at the entire target, by the time you pull the trigger, you will miss. Look ahead where it's going to be, not where it's at.
1: Jim, as long as I've known you, you have a saying that you always tell me when I'm out shooting.
4: Yeah, head on the gun, eye on the target, and have the faith, to pull the trigger
1: starting to practice the day before you go out on a hunt isn't the ideal time if you know when you're going to go hunt how far out should you be practicing
4: you know what i picked up shooting later in life you know and then then i became a shotgun instructor the more you do it i'll give you a great example of uh this last couple months just because i've been doing so much stuff with my show i shot in may and then i didn't shoot till beginning of this month my score was horrible i learned two things one i fall back into my bad habits because I wasn't shooting on a regular basis and two (laughs) that I need glasses. So now (laughs) we've, now we've got both those taken care of. I'm shooting on a little bit more regular basis, and I just got a new prescription for my contact lenses. So I'm out of excuses, brother.
1: <laughs> well, you're right. You're out of excuses, buddy. Jim Crowley, is where you can go find out more details about Jim. Find him all over uh, Roku. He's got uh, hooking On TV there. Uh, go over and check that out. Jim, thank you so much, man.
4: You betcha, buddy. God bless you and all your listeners.
0: It's to Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. My Country 95.5.
1: Welcome back to the show. We've got a lot to come still on this program today. Uh, we have another guest on right now. His name is Lance Carpenter. He's a singer-songwriter out of Nashville. And Lance, thanks so much for coming on.
5: Thank you so much, Drew. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Now, Lance, you've been in Nashville for quite a while. And a couple of years after you moved to Nashville, you got your first hit song with a girl what is her name it's kelsey ballerini
5: that's correct yeah yeah i moved to town in 2011 i've been here in nashville about 10 years and in 2015 uh kelsey had her first number one song which we co-wrote together with our friends josh and Forrest. it's called love me like you mean it
1: now some songwriters will be in nashville their entire career and never get a hit song but it's an amazing process
5: it's incredible i mean the night we wrote it we wrote it on a monday night eating pizza just hanging out we weren't planning on writing a song Uh, Forrest was my roommate at the time, and Josh and Kelsey had just signed their first publishing deals at Black River, and we were hanging out there, and about a year later, when everybody in town passed on it because they said it wouldn't work on country radio, the label decided to let Kelsey put it out, and I first started seeing her play some writer's rounds. We all played the Bluebird one night, and everybody gravitated to it, and then to see it grow into CMA Fest, where there were several hundred people and then several thousand people, and I've seen her out on tour you know, with Keith Urban, different different venues playing it. Her and Taylor Swift sang it on Taylor's tour when she came through, Taylor Swift. And to see people loving that song and singing it is just an incredible feeling.
1: It's worth all those long nights in the writing room and, and all the frustrating times that you have to go through as a songwriter. Now, when it comes to writing country songs, your life and your background is perfect.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. I grew up on a farm in Arkansas. We had a cattle farm. You know, we had... My mom's a huge Santa Gertrudis fan, but we had anything, you know, Charolais, Simitaz, Angus limousine, you name it, we had them. Yeah, growing up, just hunting, fishing on the farm, on the river, and and working on the farm, getting up early, and then, you know, going to bed late and sore and tired and getting up and going to school the next day too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's it's. there's a lot of people in Nashville that write a lot of country stuff. I've even got a few friends that will call me and be like, hey, Lance, we're writing this song, and we're talking about a cattle farm, and we knew you were on one. How would you say this? Or tell me, can you walk me through what, what working cattle means?
1: Now, is that a a word for a third at that point, if you get a little uh, loving on that?
5: No, if someone calls me and just asks me how to say something, I love helping people. So if I can, you know, give them a little bit of my life to put in their songs, then then I'm all about that.
1: In Nashville, you never know who you're going to bump elbows with and end up having a good relationship with. You and Crystal Keith, who is Toby's daughter, you cut a song together, and then you got to meet up with Toby, and that made a big impact on you.
5: It really did, man. I've been a fan of Toby's for as long as I can remember, and I've had a lot of people compare not only my voice but the way I look to Toby. I just thought it would be cool to meet him someday. It was actually my manager gave me the opportunity to write uh, with Crystal Keith. One of her friends worked over at Toby's label and said, Crystal's in town writing. Would you want to write with her? I said, sure. I've never heard any of her stuff. And so we started writing, and uh, we wrote a song called I Got You that she loved and she put out. And I had a song that was called Anyone Else that I found on a demo disc probably my second or third week when I moved to Nashville in 2011, me and Forrest Whitehead. And I thought, man, if I ever cut a duet, I want to cut that song. That song's so good. Well, I'd already cut the music and put my vocal on the song, not knowing who I was going to have sing the other part of it. And when I heard her in the studio, I said, Crystal, I just want to hear how you would sound on it. And she agreed to sing on it. And then she played it for her dad, and her dad said, This needs to be on the radio. I'm going to put it there. Who's this guy? And that's Uh how I met Toby.
1: (laughs) Who's this guy that looks like me and kind of sounds like me? Yep. Talking this morning to Lance Carpenter, singer-songwriter, and obviously uh, Toby Lookalike. And Lance, you and your family are big hunters, and you actually have an annual event that's coming up. Are you going to be part of the dove hunt?
5: Oh, yeah. We got dove season coming up, and uh, it's our 44th annual, and my dad, first time ever got T-shirts made.
1: Uh, so I've, I've uh, seen pictures through the years and you guys definitely slay them
5: yeah it's it's a great time to get together with family and and hunting's been you know such a staple to my family growing up uh, to where it brings us together and allows us to break bread and, and fellowship with each other and
1: do you get to do any other hunting like that I mean living in Nashville it's probably got to be tough to get back to Arkansas to do some deer hunting and stuff but you still get out
5: I do yeah I drive back to Arkansas and turkey hunt and deer hunt and duck hunt when we have any ducks Um, and then there, there's a few farms. I've made a few friends here in in Nashville, just north of here. Uh, my friend, there's actually a, a major artist. I don't want to call him out, but that allows me to hunt on his farm out west of Nashville as well. And so there's a few places I can hunt here in town.
1: When you're out in that uh, deer stand or uh, duck blind, do you ever get any inspiration uh, of a song? I mean, because that's living country life there.
5: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, every once in a while, I'll have an idea hit me, and I'll have to pull out my phone and like write it in my my ideas phase. And last year, me and my friend Devin Robinson, who's uh, he, he's a great songwriter, he owns a, a business in a back in, in Arkansas, and we were hunting the dove thing. And he goes, "We ought to write us a a, a hunting." Kind of compilation thing, and I go, "What will we call it?" And he said, "The Dove Sick Blues." <laughs> <laughs> We've never done it, but
1: hey, you know that that Toby guy we were talking about—he's uh, he's made a career off those songs that are uh, a little humorous.
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's done well with, with the the funny songs for sure.
1: Well, Lance, other than than writing and doing a whole bunch of shows, what else do you got going on right now?
5: Like we've kind of talked about in this, I love helping people. I love mentoring. I love giving back to to songwriters who are new to town or who have been in town and just haven't really had a chance to really get their songs in front of publishers or artists. I pulled out the old business plan and I started uh, an online coaching community called Music Row Coach to where anybody, regardless of where you're at in the world, If you want to work with me and, and have me help you, you know, fix your craft of songwriting, help you, if you're an artist, you know, kind of teach you the ways of putting out songs and, and, and getting your songs to be, you know, crafted as well as they can be, introducing you to the Nashville community and the folks in the music business that you may not have that opportunity to if you can't come to Nashville. I just, I love helping folks and this allows me to, instead of just doing one-on-one here in Nashville, uh, we're building it to where there's going to be a lot of, a lot of great community a lot of great co-writers people in the music business to where you can come and and be a part of this community and have some
0: access to nashville and i'm looking forward to helping you know some of the next generation of, of hit writers and artists
5: out there
1: that's so great and i know one of the hardest parts of becoming a songwriter in nashville is getting to know the people you need to know go to lance carpenter music.com you can get to all of his social media and find out about his new songs that just came out on friday at midnight and Lance, my man, good luck to you. Great luck with these songs, and I can't wait to talk to you again in the future.
0: Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it. And hunting Outdoors, my country, 95.5.
1: Welcome back into the program. Of course, you can go over to the My Country mobile app and send a question in, or if you have a comment or any kind of a show idea, we'd love to hear from you at the My Country mobile app. And when you're there, you can download the past shows on demand. Very simple. That way you can listen if you missed out on those. We have all kinds of great guests on this program today. We've already talked to Game and Fish. And now from Pulling Feathers podcast up in the Powell, Wyoming area is Levi Carey, How you doing? Fantastic. Yourself? Not too bad, man. Thanks so much for uh, agreeing to be on the show.
6: Oh, of course. Just really want to get the word out.
1: Now, Levi, over on the Pulling Feathers podcast, you guys just did something really cool with veterans. You gave away a hunting dog, and it sounds like you're going to do it again.
6: The dog breeder kind of decided to do this again, and he's going to do it with every litter. So oh. that's a pretty big, big deal, and I think it can really affect and make a, a good impression on veterans, you know.
1: Wow, that's great. And, I mean, these aren't mutts. These are like labs, right? They're hunting dogs.
6: Yep, yep, yep. He owns Western Extreme Pointing Labs is his business, his breed, breeding operation and stuff. He just wants to give back. That's where he contacted me. I'm basically the organizer for him and help facilitate all this stuff and help vet out the veterans. And we work through a 501c3 uh, foundation called High Point Adventures.
1: So it it really, all you have to do is be a veteran and you can uh, fill out the application and get in on this, huh?
6: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You fill out the application. Basically, we want to make sure that the dog is going to... Uh, somebody that can actually, like, handle having the dog. That way they don't go a year of having the dog, not work with it, not use what the dog is, like, bred for. I mean, these are, these are hunting machines, uh, but they've also got a great disposition in the home. I mean, this is what they're bred for. So if, if that veteran later on went, oh, I've got no use for this dog, it's too much for me, and gives it away, like, we don't really want that. We're wanting to facilitate, like, a lifelong partnership, you know, and, and that way the veteran gets a lot out of the dog, and and the dog gets a lot out of the veteran too.
1: So cool, and and I love that you guys are doing this for the veterans that go out and put their lives on the lines for our country, and and uh, and mm-hmm. just to give a little back, man. That's really cool. You guys are doing this.
6: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And you know, we we kind of felt with kind of some of the political things that are going right now a lot of veterans are feeling pretty disheartened with with how things have have happened and uh we just kind of want to do something to kind of pat them on the back a little bit more say everything's going to be all right and and here's a buddy to help you do something that that you enjoy that heals you you know all this stuff and and that's why with High Point Adventures, w- w- joining up with them. They're veterans themselves. They know what's going on. They can help out the veteran with anything they're going through as well. And it- it's just a perfect fit all the way around.
1: It's so great. And you guys are doing big things also with the Pulling Feathers podcast. Have you been out and about running around trying to find some birds?
6: Uh, Not quite yet. So our, our waterfowl season starts off uh, October 2nd over where we're at. So we'll be doing things around that point but right now i'm just kind of focusing on i got my buddy as antelope last week and now i start my my elk hunting uh my bow tag up here on september 1st so that's what i'm focusing on for now uh it's just getting me by until
1: bird season tell me again how veterans can apply for this
6: people can apply by reaching out to me via email at poland p-u-l-l-n feathers at gmail.com.
1: You guys also have social media pulling feathers on uh, Instagram and Facebook, correct?
6: That is correct. And you guys can, anybody can message me on there as well. And, and Adrian, the owner of Western extreme pointing labs, You can reach out to him on both his Instagram and his Facebook, and he'll help anybody out with any training stuff they've got going on. He's got an available litter currently of black labs. He's always willing to work with people. He really cares. He's not just about, like, being a puppy mill and pushing them out. That's not his kind of deal. He, He cares about these dogs a lot.
1: Levi Carey from Pulling Feathers Podcast. The name of the event is Gun Dogs for Veterans. If you need more information, you can definitely hit us up at the My Country mobile app. Levi, thanks. Yeah, of course. Another show in the books. Thank you so much for tuning in here at My Country 95.5. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. If you have missed any of the segments today, you can get them on demand starting tomorrow morning. And download the app. You can listen anywhere in the world. Right there on that mobile app. Get over and check it out. And if you have any questions for game or fish or anything on the program, hit us up at that My Country mobile app. Thanks so much for tuning in.
0: Wyoming, hooking and hunting outdoors. Anything goes extra fun. Woo! My Country, 955.